As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. I am joined by one of the hosts of the Smooth Thrills Radio Hour. Please welcome Katie to the show. Hello. So why don't you take a minute and tell everybody what, what the Smooth Thrills is all about, how you guys do it. Um, we have, it started out as a three-person team. We have gradually brought in a fourth person. Um, we also are always looking for new people. So if there is an interest, just contact us through the website. Um, we kind of cover an odd array of stuff we've in the past we had an episode that covered the summer of werewolves which did an american werewolf in london wolfen and howling because they all came out in the same summer of the same year like there's just it's just different things that we cover but uh check us out and if you're ever interested in possibly being on it just shoot us an email and we'll see what happens sounds good did you do that summer of werewolves this year no, that was actually in 2019. Oh, because this year marks the 40th anniversary of those three. And I know. Today, actually. Today is American Werewolf in London's 40th anniversary. So, one of my faves. Absolutely. But tonight, we're going to be talking about a different one of your faves. My all-time faves. There you go. And that's what I like to hear. We're going back to 1977 and talking about Dario Argento's Suspiria. Roses are red. Violets are blue, but the iris is the flower that will mean the end of Suspiria. After Suspiria, you will never again feel safe in the dark. Rated R. All right, so when did you first see this? Actually, it was probably about... 2007 2008 I had started working at a movie store and um, on my breaks I would read whatever the latest issue of Fangoria was and I was just exploring different horror titles and things that I hadn't seen and at that time was also when Anchor Bay released their Dario Argento steelbook and that kind of put his name out there for me so, of course, I was clamoring to just get my hands on everything that he did. And that's when I discovered Suspiria. And I'm not going to say it was like love at first sight. I did like it the first time I saw it, but it actually wasn't until 2018 that I had got to see Suspiria with Goblin doing the live score that it kind of hit me that it's like, this is my all-time favorite movie. Like, I cannot watch it without just a big grin on my face. Like, it, it is all-encompassing for me. It is, I think it is beautiful. I think the score is phenomenal. And though the story is a, is a little lacking at points, I feel like it makes up for just the visual assault that that film is. Okay, I'm going to go we're going a little deeper in that in a minute. But first, just tell everyone, in case they haven't seen Suspiria, what it's about. Uh, it's about, excuse me, it's about Susie Banyan that gets uh, accepted at 
kind of like a prestigious ballet school. So she leaves New York. And um, from the second that her plane lands, just weirdness ensues. So that pretty much, yeah. That, and that's really all you need to know to go into it. Really. Oh, yeah. I think you should definitely go into it knowing as little as possible because I think that makes the impact of the film greater. So if that makes sense, because I don't know how spoilery we're going to get into it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So that's what I was going to ask you is like, I know you talked about the sound and the vision and I, I, I agree with you on that. Like, well, I rewatched it again for this and like the score is amazing and the visuals are amazing, but I agree with you on the story being a little lacking. So Oh, immensely. I am curious, like, how, how, like, what is it you still love about it besides just the score and the visuals? Just talk about it a little bit. Hmm. Because I am, I am such a sucker for a good film score. Like, I could be, I could be, that movie was eh, but if it's got an amazing score, I'm more apt to be like, okay, this really, like, for instance, um, Gretel and Hansel that came out a couple years ago. I thought the movie was okay, but the score for that film really made it kind of sit higher than I probably would have ranked it originally because the score was just very, just, it just was captivating. Okay. So, I mean, I think there, you definitely fall in love with the character of Susie. Like I, I, to see her journey from when she lands to, to the ending, it just, and I, I have defended this movie on multiple occasions because the locking, l- lacking plot point does come up a lot for people. But it is, it's definitely, for me personally, a, a captivating film. Like, I don't, when I watch it, it has my attention the whole time. And maybe that is because of sound design or just some of the visuals. It's just, it's definitely a a engrossing film. Yeah, yeah, it's got a it's got a beautiful color palette. Oh my goodness! Mm, my God, that was the only thing. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about it at all, the remake at all. But like, I did miss. We we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, but uh, I'm gonna ask you this just because I'm curious how you feel. Do you do you think Suspiria falls into the Jalo genre, or do you? I think it gets lumped into that a lot because of course it is Argento's work. And you do have the snippets of the black gloved hands at times, but ultimately with the story, I, I, it is not a giallo. Like I I think it, it peters because of those other things, but it is, it's not a giallo. I agree. So there you go. (laughs) All right. So this next part could get a little bit tricky. I think, I don't know. If you had gotten to see a sequel to this, like I said, we'll get the remake in a minute. But if you gotten to see a sequel, what would you have liked to have seen? But there is the sequel. It's part okay, of the Mother of Tears trilogy. <laughs> I mean, to see a direct sequel, like let's say we see a continuation of maybe Susie's story or even the mother more so that instead of where it goes with um oh my god i forgot the title of the sequel because it's mother of tears is the third one i did too i'm thinking of the mother of tears oh my god i own it it's out in my living room um oh my i'm going yeah i feel so ashamed i should have looked this up 
I mean, the sequel is if it's not phenomena and it's not opera, what the Tenebrae's want to have a scene, so which is another oh, that's a great one too. Inferno, Inferno. Okay, yeah, there you go. Which is if you haven't seen it, it is a phenomenal film in itself as well. Like, though there is an overarching story with the three mothers, they are still all very much their own films, which I like about it. Like you could watch one, well, you don't have to worry about Mother of Tears. It is, I love Argento to pieces, but some of his later stuff is definitely, it's, you know what I mean? It's not as good as his earlier stuff, but it's like to see a continuation with, Susie would have been interesting, definitely. Like to see maybe if she would have continued seeking out what was going on at the school. Or, I mean, I really like that character. So the potential of a sequel would have never upset me. Like, cause I'm one of those that if it's something I love, you could be like a dead horse and I would be like, okay, thank you. I get to enjoy this thing I love numerous times. I'm probably one of the few people that like these newer seasons of the X-Files because, hey, I just get more Mulder and Scully. I don't care if it's not good. You know, I'm just one of, I like that. But I don't, it would be interesting to see how a sequel could go. I think Inferno does an amazing job at continuing the story of the three mothers. And yet again, visually stunning film, amazing score. But I don't know, like... I also kind of like the succinct story that it tells. And it's like, here's this thing, the end. Because it does end very abruptly. Like, and I love that about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well you, well, you teased it. So let's just get into it. What are your thoughts on the remake? I like it. I don't love it because there are things about it that I just, I don't get why it was there. I didn't make it, so it wasn't my choice. But I, I feel like um, certain characters maybe didn't necessarily need to be in it. Um, at first, when I saw the first trailer, I was very taken aback at the fact that it didn't have the vibrant color palette or, I mean, the score for the remake is phenomenal, but it is not Goblin. It will never be Goblin. <laughs> but I feel like it didn't hurt it. Like, I like the fact that they are both intrinsically the same film but also very different films. Because I feel like the lacking story that the original has, the remake kind of makes up for. Because it goes more into the teachers at the school and all of that that we didn't get to see in the original. And even with Susie's character, you get a little more depth to her. And there are so many nods, and maybe I'm just making them up, because I love the original so much, but I feel like there are shots in the remake that are very reminiscent of the original. And then there's like a scene with um, Susie putting these black leather gloves on that just immediately makes me think of Suspiria and just pretty much any other Argento film. So like, I think they did a good job with keeping it enough on the line of Suspiria, but then also making it its own thing. I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't tackled that yet. That two and a half hour runtime makes me. It's, it's a slog. It is definitely a slog. And there are bits about it that it's like, and if and when you do finally see it, I think you'll know immediately what I'm talking about. Cause it's like, it's, it's, 
it's very almost ham-fisted. And it makes me want to like, this is when I want to be like, I'd love to sit down with Luca Guadiano, or however you say his last name, and um, be like, what made you do this? Like, what was your vision? Like, why did you go this route? All right. So now if you got to do your own remake and got to cast your own people and for the sake of story, if you what if you would change the story or just go back to the original or how would you do it and who would you cast? I think one of the big things, and this, I have a point to get to. One of the big things that Luca did with his remake was make sure that it had a lot of women-centric casting choices. The people who worked on it were mostly women. Like, so it was very distinctly a woman's film. It would be interesting to do a spin on it and do male ballet dancers, especially with the the concept of what it's about would be interesting to see maybe a male lens or view on that. So, because I mean, we have the original and now we have the remake. So to tell the same story, but in a different way would be really interesting. So. Okay. Do you have anybody in mind for the, for the male lead? I, hmm. I mean, I feel like with the way casting goes nowadays, it would be like a, timothy chalamet or something like that but uh, i would probably go with um you know who i would like because mm, she is younger she's not like teen younger because i picture her like maybe early 20s because they never really say how old she is because i was going to say like um jaden martell who was in it and the lodge because i just really like him as an actor and i'm very curious to see what his range is for Susie's character and then um hmm I don't know though because it's like I'm also really keen on when you get no-name people like people you haven't seen in a lot of things especially with horror because I feel like when you have a familiarity with a character or with an actor it can kind of impact your view on that role because maybe you're used to seeing them in something else and you transfer that to that character or, I don't know. I mean, I also am perfectly content just leaving the property alone. Yeah, I, I understand. I Because, well, because both equally get so much hate. And I'm not going to sit here and say, yes, it, the original holds a special place in my heart, but I understand why it is not a loved or revered film because it is severely lacking in story, but it's one of those movies that I feel like it has a lot of heart. Like to watch it, I feel like that way with a lot of Argento's films, like especially Deep Red, Tenebrae, um, Opera is very much like, when you watch his movies, you can tell it's somebody who cares about making movies. And I like that about his work. And I think that is shown immensely in the original, so. You know what? I changed my answer. I'm just gonna say let's leave it. Let's leave it be. <laughs> no more Suspiria. Well, because there was supposedly going to be a sequel to the remake, and I don't know how I feel about that. Well, if you, if you get your all male Suspiria, maybe you'd be happy. I mean, probably male ballet dancers. I'm here for that. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you you just said you understand when people don't like the movie. 
but you've also said that you've defended this hundreds of times or whatever. Well, that's, that's what the last goal is. I want you to sell this movie to, I don't know, maybe they don't watch, maybe they've never seen an Argento movie. You know, you're getting in for something. Maybe they've never even seen an Italian movie, an Italian made movie. I think it's a good for those particular entry points, like a first Argento, I think Suspiria, it was my first Argento. Um, I think it's a good one to start with because it doesn't necessarily have the weirdness of some of his other ones, which is saying something because it does have weird stuff in it. But I also feel like it's a good entry point for Italian horror because some Italian horror can be a little hard to watch, <laughs> especially depending on whose works you're getting into. I don't know. It's just a, I feel like, I would say, I feel like it's a fun, you've got some friends over, you're hanging out, just, you know, like one of those types of movies because it's not super plot heavy. So you don't have to worry about maybe like 100% attention on the screen. But at the same time, a few years ago, I got to see the 4K restoration in theaters and I took my best friend at the time with me and our 30 minute drive home was just him crapping on the film. So it's like, it could go either way, but I feel like it's definitely a good entry point for Italian horror. And like you said, though it isn't a giallo, I feel like it may be decent to cut your teeth on if you're gradually getting into that genre, which is one of my favorite subsects of horror. Like I love giallo films. Uh, last year for the first time, I sat down and watched the Animal Trilogy, which is The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Cat and Nine Tails and Four Flies on Grey Velvet, which are all Argento. And they are just peak giallo and they are superb films. So maybe this like start with this one and work through all of his stuff. All right, Katie, I think that's going to wrap this one up. Tell everyone where they can find you online. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at with jetpacks. And on Instagram, I am with period jetpacks. There are links to my blog and smooth thrills if you guys want to check us out on there and that's about it all right and as always you can follow the show at ynf movie pod on twitter and instagram available wherever you get your podcast i'll be back next week with a new guest and a new movie and who knows that may become your next favorite movie you guys take care i'll talk to you next time